You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. This is Matt Gunn, joined today by Greg Kiefer. Hi, Greg. Hey, Matt. How are you? Doing well. It's good to have you on today. We're going to talk about something that has been a hot topic all throughout this year among shippers, carriers, ports, terminals, really everyone in the supply chain industry because it has to do with almost every piece of cargo moving around the world. And that is the new SOLAS VGM mandate. Now that is the Safety of Life at Sea Treaty Organization. As a little bit of background, it came into effect in 1914 as response to the Titanic. Originated after a major disaster that was very visible and directly applied to safety procedures on ships. Now over time that has grown and expanded and that more rules have come into effect. And so this VGM rule, which comes in July 1st, has to do with verified gross mass of containers being loaded onto ships. And that's going to have big implications and a lot of impact on really everyone. Isn't that right, Greg? Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you think about it, you know, companies with big supply chains that are moving thousands, tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of containers per year are suddenly faced with coming up with this information and electronically submitting it in a very short time window. And if they don't get it right and don't get it in in time, the carrier is not going to load the containers. And so what they're facing is mass disruptions on a global scale, and that's going to impact world trade. Right. And so one of the big challenges right now is who is responsible? Well, when it comes to verifying gross mass and providing that certification that what is in the container is exactly what it weighs, Solas states that it's the shipper that's responsible. However, once it goes beyond that point, there's a little bit of confusion because different areas are going to enforce it differently and different countries are also going to take a different variances into account when it comes to actual weights and containers. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, there are 162 countries that are signatories to the rule. And, and again, the situation that shippers face, and I work with a large pool of shippers that are mostly big multinationals that run the supply chains. and the lack of clarity and uniformity that's coming out of the governments and the enforcement bodies is a real problem because some of these companies ship to hundreds of different countries or ports. And how on earth can they have a hundred different rules that they have to comply with? It's not going to work, right? So some countries have published information in terms of what their tolerance is. For example, Canada came out and said, look, we'll give you a 5% tolerance on weight. Japan, 2 to 5%. South Africa, no tolerance. So there's no uniformity whatsoever, and the penalties are also all over the map. And there's definitely a big liability question in terms of who is liable for this once it's in the carrier's possession. And there's also dynamics where getting the weight can be very challenging for certain commodities. For example, one of our customers ships cotton. And a container full of cotton, if it gets moist, can pick up 500 to 1,000 pounds in weight just being in a humid environment, right? So how do you deal with stuff like that? So the devil's really in the details. And I think that's what's most concerning to a lot of the companies that I've been talking to. If they're not going to load your container, that's a huge problem. That's a huge, huge problem. And the carriers are not uniform either. I was at an event last month, and one of the carriers stood up and said, if we don't have it, we're not loading it, because they're afraid of getting into legal trouble. So that may not be the story for all the carriers, but that was a major carrier top 20 carrier that everybody uses to some degree. So this is the feedback that's being delivered to the shipper community. And I wouldn't say it's panic, but it's close to panic that's setting in. Now, the shipper is initially responsible for providing that verified gross mass. However, the U.S. Coast Guard has come forward and said, 
we don't have jurisdiction over shippers, but we do have jurisdiction over vessels. Those belong to the carriers. Yeah, right. That's the last thing shippers and carriers need is yet another opportunity for adversarialness. I think that the shippers and carriers are doing what they believe is right here. But yeah, there's a lot of questions about who's responsible for what and when. I think the, the probably the more pressing issue for a lot of the shippers are, you know, again, this is bureaucrats making a rule that don't understand that most containers are consolidated near a port, sometimes 30 minutes to an hour before it arrives at the gate. So how on earth are you going to get that information, get it transmitted, hopped through three parties where a guard at the gate is going to have the information for when the truck pulls up to allow them in or not? And I think these are the kinds of things that they're asking them being the shippers. How do we comply with this? We want to comply. It's not that we refuse to do this, but at the same time, you know, they're being put into a position where they simply can't comply on a global scale. And this is the kind of thing that, if not addressed, it will put world trade to a halt. Right. And you bring up an interesting point is what happens at the terminals. Different terminals are going to have their own different procedures as well. They might stop you at the gate and not let you in. Some of them are going to offer some scales, whether it's free or for a charge. For instance, I was at the Port of Newark. They're going to charge about $70 per container weighed prior to it going into the terminal itself if you don't have that verified gross mass. Now, that not only will it slow you down, but it'll cost you a little extra money because then you have to have the trucker pay for that probably at the terminal. It's another expense. It's another thing where if there's a long line of people that also don't have their weights, you could be waiting for hours. If you're uh, chipping produce and you need to get something moving, keep it moving, or have refrigerated units where every minute that it's sitting there is costing you money, that's going to be piling up of expenses and time wasted. Yep, and it's funny. Here's a great example. You used that example from the Port of Newark. The event I was at last month in New Orleans I believe it was the port of Vancouver, said, yeah, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to charge $149, okay? So think about $149. An export commodity container, you know, that goes to Asia is not an expensive thing. It's probably $1,000 or so. Think about that. Now you're adding 10 15% to the cost of shipping in a low-value commodity supply chain where when you're shipping 1,000 containers and you're paying another $140 or $100, Suddenly, you know, a shipper has to bear another $100,000 in cost for this. So I think that's one cost. Obviously, the missing a load because of this is even greater, right? Because there are implications all over the place where now they're not meeting their customers' demand. They're not able to, to deliver on time. These are just the kinds of things that these companies really can't afford to have to deal with. So I think the trick here is, is there a body that can represent this and understand the practical implications of what's being asked. And can the world agree to a standard? And right now, it just doesn't seem like that's happening. Right. And so as of this conversation, we're about five weeks out of the July 1st deadline for this verified gross mass requirement to go into effect. We're already seeing signs that they're going to soften enforcement in the early weeks or months of this. but. Clearly, the movement is toward having this happen. So what happens next? What do you see happening in the next few months? I believe that someone's going to give here. I don't think that they'll be able to enforce it on July 1st. The market's not ready. But that said, we've heard rumblings here and there, but it's generally in parts, either individual countries or by certain terminals or coast guards, that they're going to be mellow about it. But there's definitely something has to happen. But July 1st, I think 
part of the industry is kind of holding out hope that that will slip. But right now, there's been no official word. Believe me, there's lots of lobbying going on by different shipper groups and shipper organizations. But it's, again, we had, there's a group that was testifying before Congress not too long ago, but that's fine. So Congress says, okay, fine. Okay, well, that, there's still 161 other countries that have to say fine, right? So I don't think the governments of the world have really thought this through. I mean, aside from the, the six that we were aware of that had published some guidelines, what are the other 156 doing? And even if another 30 come online, there's still a huge, huge gap and a long way to go. So I think it's going to settle down, but at the same time, you can't sit back and expect that to happen because you may get bitten. Right. So be prepared for this, probably to start taking the first steps to understanding how to get that verified gross mass. And then, of course, you know, the industry itself will have to come together to find some sort of standard as well if this actually does happen. You really find out a lot about how someone feels about SOLAS and how they pronounce it. I heard a few people in my conversations kind of slip a little and start calling it soulless. Ooh, soulless, right. <laughs> so definitely a big challenge and a lot more to come on this topic, but this is the latest from Supply Chain Radio. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.